Our scripture today comes from the gospel according to Luke. So I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 13, where Luke writes, Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they found that his body was not there, they came back and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! And how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was with them at the table, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight." They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scripture to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Peter. And then they told what had happened on the road. And how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. 
Last Sunday was Easter Sunday, that high holy day when we, the body of Christ, join together to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's when we join together to celebrate the ultimate victory that God has given to us over both sin and death. I love Easter. I think it's the highest of the holy days. I love Christmas too. I really love the Christmas music. But for me... Easter validates everything we hear of Christmas. All the promises of the Christ child, all the promises that the prophets had shared, all of these are validated. When Jesus dies upon a cross, but rises again triumphantly on the third day, what a week it had been in Jerusalem. It was the week of Passover, so Jerusalem was packed with more people than normal. So many people had come into Jerusalem to celebrate this high Jewish holy day. It was the dream of every Jew at some point in their life to get to come to the holy city where the holy temple was and and to be able to celebrate. So the place was packed when Jesus went through everything that he went through. When he died upon the cross... And when the stories of resurrection began to leak out among the crowds, Jesus comes up upon two people. Luke tells us this beautiful story that there were two followers of Jesus who were leaving Jerusalem. They had been with Jesus and they are now heading back home to a village called Emmaus, which is about seven miles out of Jerusalem. We're not sure exactly where Emmaus is, but Luke tells us that it's a village about seven miles away. And so these two people begin leaving. We know one of them is Cleopas. That's really all we know. We're not told exactly who they are. We know that they're very close to the disciples. The disciples know them. They know the disciples. Some scholars raise an interesting question. I think it changes the whole story to consider that the two people that are walking to Emmaus are actually husband and wife. Imagine that. And then again, others wonder then if it's Cleopas, is that the same person as Clopas that's mentioned in the Gospel of John chapter 19 verse 25 when Mary the wife of Clopas is there with the other ladies around the foot of the cross. Wouldn't that be an interesting thought? Here's a couple who had made the journey to Jerusalem to celebrate the high holy day. Here is a couple that believed in Jesus Christ and believed Him to be the one that God had promised. I I wonder, were they there on Palm Sunday? Were they part of the group that were waving the branches? We don't know, but it's interesting. They had come into the holy city for this holy time. But they had witnessed, they had witnessed the cross. They had witnessed Jesus being handed over. They they had witnessed him die. And then they had heard the rumors. So they're walking home. Imagine their spirit. Heads bowed low, we're told they're sad. They're devastated, actually. They're in deep despair. 
And if they're husband and wife, they're talking to each other about, well, in our dreams, we, we had hoped that he would be the one. And our children's lives would have been so different. I mean, oh, we were hoping that, that things would be different from our children than they were for us, that they would have a better life because if he were able to redeem Israel, then, then it would be a whole new place and a whole new world. And, and you can just imagine how low they were feeling. And that's when Jesus comes walking up to join them. You can imagine that Jesus knew from their body language, knew from the way they were talking and looking at each other that their hearts were heavy. So Jesus then asked them, what are you talking about? I would love to have seen the expression on their face. Because they look at Jesus and finally Cleopas says, are you kidding me? Are you seriously the only person in all of Jerusalem that doesn't know what's been happening? And Jesus plays along. What what things? What's happening? So they began to tell the story. It's about Jesus of Nazareth. He was an amazing prophet. See, it's interesting, without the resurrection, even those who follow Jesus aren't quite sure, is he Messiah, Lord, Savior? Right now I'm committed to prophet. He was a prophet. He, he was committed. He was, he was amazing in his deeds, the miracles that he performed, the things that he did. He was also incredible with his teaching. The way he could interpret the scripture, the way he would teach us about God. Ah. Oh. But then they share, and I love the way Luke puts it. Our chief priest and our leaders handed him over to be crucified. So you see, part of their pain is not simply the crucifixion. But it was our religious leaders who handed him over to be condemned. It was, it was our religious leaders. Remember, they had just come to celebrate the high holy day. It was our religious leaders who took this man that we clearly saw as a prophet from God, handed him over to the Romans so that he could be condemned, and then crucified. Oh, crucified. Everyone in that day knew that death on a cross was death by cruelty. This was a man of God, a prophet of God, mighty in deed and word. And yet it was the religious leaders who handed him over. And now they're struggling deep inside. What does that say about our faith? What does it say about our faith? Now they're walking seven miles, so this was not a very short conversation. And in a few moments... One of them looks back up at Jesus and said, we had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Do you catch the past tense? We had hoped. That's, that's gone now. 
but we thought that He might be the one to redeem Israel. We, we thought that He might be the one that would change our lives, change the world. We had heard about the Messiah who would be the descendant of David, who would take on the throne of David and, and rule His people Israel. Oh, we had hoped. You see, what they're sharing with us is not only was Jesus nailed to this cross, but their hopes and dreams were nailed to this cross. We had hoped that he was the one. And they walk. And then they say, but you know, an interesting thing happened this morning early. Some of the ladies that were with us, so we know they're close to the disciples. Some of the the ladies that were with us, they went to the tomb early this morning and they found that the stone had been rolled away and actually... One of them shared that they had had a vision that he was alive. You see, not quite there yet. The testimony that he was alive wasn't quite enough yet to convince them that Jesus was alive. We had hoped. Some had a vision. And they even shared that that there were a couple of the, the other disciples who, who went running to the tomb as well and found it empty. And then Jesus looks at them. Oh, how foolish and slow to believe. And when you read that, be careful how when we take things from the Greek and we put it in the English, sometimes it can sound different than it really is. For example, Jesus wasn't going, oh, you're so crazy. You're so foolish. But Jesus is going, oh, how foolish and slow to believe. They're obviously not insulted. They invite Jesus to stay in their home. Be careful how you read it. But what Jesus is saying, I I don't understand how you grow up in the faith. You just went to the temple to worship a high holy day. You, you've heard the scriptures. You know the story. And yet, you struggle to believe. And so Jesus began to, to talk to them. And we're told by Luke that, that he shared about Moses and the prophets and how all this had pointed up to a Messiah who would suffer for his people who would die for his people. Then they arrive in Emmaus. Another reason it makes you feel that this may be a couple is they said, come to our home and stay with us. Jesus is appearing to be going on, continuing his journey. And no, come and stay with us. It's late. You're tired. You've got to be hungry We would love for you to be our guest. Come to our home. And so Jesus then agrees to come to their home and and he enters the home. They find themselves then at the table. It's a place of hospitality. Jesus has been brought to their table. And then Jesus takes bread. He blesses it. He breaks it. And he gives it to them. And all of a sudden, they're jaw drops that's Jesus he really is alive and then Jesus disappears from their sight and they look at each other and go wow I mean we're not our hearts burning 
when, when he was sharing with us the scriptures on, on the road here. And so they got up immediately. Now remember, they've just walked seven miles, walked seven miles from Jerusalem. And, and the territory is mountainous, hilly country. It's, it wasn't just a, a flat walk. But immediately they get up and they head right back to Jerusalem. This, this is too great to sleep on. Who can sleep now? He's alive. Jesus is risen. And, and they go all the way back to Jerusalem. They find the disciples. The disciples are talking about how Jesus is risen. And this couple comes in and goes, you're not going to believe this, but he met us on the road. He opened up the scriptures to us. But Wow. When he sat at the table and he broke the bread, we knew it was Jesus. He is indeed alive. See, I, I find it interesting that hearing the stories of the resurrection is not enough. We heard some women went to the tomb. They had a vision. It's the story of Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet. Without the resurrection, we keep Jesus in a different place. The resurrection, conquering the cross, leaving a tomb, that's what validated, yes, he truly is Savior and Lord of our lives. Without it, well, the disciples were stuck in devastation and despair. With the resurrection, with an encounter with the risen Christ, they moved to celebration and joy. Without an experience of the risen Christ, they find themselves in defeat and dismay. But once they encounter the risen Christ, they move to hope. Hope. You see, this resurrection of Jesus and then us having an experience with the risen Christ is everything. One of the things we talk about in our worship planning is to create an environment and an opportunity for you to have an encounter with the risen Christ. Because without the encounter, it's, it's, it's a historical story. It's an event. It's something that happened. It's a legend. But when we experience the risen Christ, it becomes our faith. It becomes our life. It becomes our hope. I mean, the risen Christ comes to us in so many different ways. For this couple, they were walking home dismayed after the highest holy day had been turned into a horrific event, followed by the rumor of a miracle. They were confused. But when the risen Christ comes, our hearts burned within us. We knew who it was with the breaking of the bread. And joy and excitement filled their hearts to where they couldn't help but flee back to Jerusalem. We've got to go tell what just happened. For Mary, 
Hers was in a time of grief and despair. She had come to anoint the body of Jesus, we're told earlier, and the tomb is empty. Her fear, someone stole the body. And then Jesus appears. She thinks he's only a gardener. Who else would you expect? Then he called her name. From despair to hope, joy, and faith. For the disciples, they were gathered in the house, terrified. They were so afraid. They just crucified Jesus. They were wanting to squelch this faith, wonder if we're next. They were horrified. Doors were locked. And Jesus appears. Peace be with you. And their fear turns into rejoicing. Thomas, we hear, wasn't there the first time Jesus appeared. And he goes, you know what, I, I would love nothing more than to believe this, but this is, this is more than I can, I can begin to wrap my head around. Unless I can see him for myself, I just can't believe. And Jesus appears again, and Thomas, wow, does he believe? He actually professes, my Lord and my God. You see, without the experience of the risen Christ, Easter's a story. Once we experience it, becomes our faith. Paul had heard the story when he was Saul, a Pharisee who had been persecuting the early church. But when he encounters the risen Christ on the road to Damascus, his life has changed becomes the Apostle Paul, writes the majority of the New Testament and helps shape the world for Christ, help to form the church that we celebrate today. See, before it was a story, but with an experience of the risen Christ, it becomes our faith. John Wesley, his was at a Bible study that he really didn't want to go to. I love the way he writes that, that he went very unwillingly to a Bible study. Sometimes the preacher's not even in a mood to go to the Bible study. But while he was there, his heart was strangely warmed and he experienced the risen Christ and knew that Jesus had died for him. Now the question for us is, is Easter a story a holiday, or is it our faith? Have we had the encounter with the risen Christ to where our lives are changed and our despair can turn to hope and our defeat and devastation can turn to joy? Has Christ changed your life? So wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whether it's grief by a tomb, fear in a locked house, all shut up, afraid that something's going to harm you in the future, or whether it's doubt, i got to see it for myself, whether it's something you feel, this is something I'm against, like Saul, until he encounters the risen Christ and becomes an apostle. Or whether you're sitting in a Bible study, not really in the mood to be there, perhaps even listening to a sermon that you're not really in the mood to hear, but it's almost over. 
that can be the moment that the risen Christ speaks to you and your life can change like my life has changed. See, this, this is not just a story. This is our faith. And through the risen Christ, we move from listening to a prophet to celebrating a Savior. And He can be your Savior today. Will you pray with me? God, we've heard the stories of resurrection. What we yearn for is an encounter with the risen Christ. So God, we pray that each one of us will have an experience with you, the risen Christ, and that our lives will be changed. That we can experience forgiveness of our sins. And that we can experience the gift of everlasting life. And that we can have the hope of resurrection and the joy of resurrection in our lives today with a faith for tomorrow. Enter our lives, we pray. In the name of the risen Savior, our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen.